Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jack Graham, along with my co-host, John Peterson, down in Portland, Oregon, for another edition of We Talk Photo. And uh, so far, uh, today we have Bill Fortney with us, but we're not going to talk about what everybody thinks we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about drone photography. Bill, how's it going down there? Uh, It's good. Good to have this time with the two of you. Is yeah, it, it's good uh, to have you, Bill. Is it uh, is it hot and humid down there in the south? Or yes, it is. It's hot and humid. Normally, you had all that rain. I guess maybe that'll get things ready for our fall and bring us bring us some nice fall color. We're hoping so. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, um, John. Why don't you introduce the topic, if you wouldn't mind, since you are the drone whisperer? At least no, 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 no. Well, was... you know. I'm a new new guy on drones. Bill has been doing it a little, somewhat longer, and John is uh, is a, a real advanced drone flyer, and has helped me tremendously get get going here with my little toy. Well, you know, we were we were just talking the other day about drones and and doing photography. Of course, Jack, you know, you're very excited about it, and it's it's been another tool in my arsenal of photography as well as uh, videography. It, that, this is the thing that really got me shooting a lot of video was with my drone. And uh, and we just kind of started thinking about how does aerial photography help our land-based photography? And how is, how, how has it just helped us see a little bit better overall? Because the thing that's so cool about drones is you get a, a fresh perspective on the landscape. You know, it could be even a city park that is absolutely boring from the land, but you get up there 100 feet and it's a whole new world. And, you know, for me, when I first started flying and shooting through my drone, I got so excited and it reinvigorated my creativity. And so that was kind of the genesis of this idea for this uh, for this program today. Yeah. Bill, talk about uh, maybe you want to touch on that and and just give us a little background on your history with a drone. I think a lot of people know you from the photography world, um, but not many know that you're playing around quite a bit with the drone these days. Yeah, well, I was um, I did two books on America out of ultralight airplanes and. Uh, the funny thing that happened, I, I made a list of places I wanted to photograph, and I thought I knew exactly what would look great from the air. And uh, we would go out to a location and fly, and I would find that what I thought would be a good subject wasn't good at all. Uh, but something else that I saw was fantastic. And and what I learned from it and what I'm experiencing again with drones is that um, – Shooting from the air is much more about graphics, line, and design, and color, and light. Um, We would fly first thing in the morning and the last thing in the afternoon where there was long shadows. And um, that's when I like to fly the drone as well, when I can. And um, But you just see things that you never thought of as a photographic subject. But when you see it that way, graphically... It just changes everything, and it really changed the way I photograph. Now I'm finding myself much more prone to go for 
a graphic image rather than a specific subject, and um, which for me, um, and that's all that matters. And you know, if you're a photographer, what you shoot ought to make you happy. I'm loving doing that. It's a, it's been a great experience for me. I noticed in the stuff that you had sent me, and we'll get talk about that in a minute. Um, that you managed to combine the color and the lines, especially the ones with those kayaks and and uh, some yeah. of the buildings and and uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's um, you know I've been I've only owned this thing for a few months and like John said I'm kind of on uh, on steroids with this thing trying to learn every day a little bit and practice and practice but it's quite an amazing thing and you know what frustrates me is the places I can't. I can't shoot, you know, and uh, we have to kind of look around in areas that we can and make the most out of that. And, and that's kind of the sad part these days, Jack, is that more and more places are uh, either off limits or frowned upon flying your drone. So how do you get creative in getting great shots in, in maybe less than ideal locations? You know, national parks, state parks, of course, we can't fly there. So how do you find these places that you can fly? That's that's the challenge right now. You know, but there's places, any place that has nature or water or uh, roads or lines, um, you can find beautiful graphic subjects. And, yeah. I mean, I, people don't know that it's not a national park. I mean, national parks look the same from the air as the <laughs> land right next to them. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I hate that you can't. There are things in the national parks I would love to fly over. But if that's the rules, and, you know, that's the way it is, and we have to be happy with something else. But I haven't seen that as a huge disappointment. I'd love to fly over Bryce Canyon, and there's things I'd love to do. But um, there's plenty of places that you can get similar um, stuff from the air. And And you've done that. Bill, you did it in the ultralight. Yeah, yeah. And we flew over national parks, but the airplanes over national parks are not an issue as long as you stay. The, the, this is really interesting. The law for airplanes is that you must stay 500 feet above the ground. Now, there is a suggested altitude of 2,000 feet above the ground when flying over national parks. But it's only suggested, and I was I had a BLM guy meet me at the airport one night after I landed, and he said, do you know how high you were flying? And I said, yes, sir, I, I do. I have a, a ground-based altimeter, and um, I was flying at 600 feet. And he said, well, you know that the law is 2,000 feet. And I said, no, sir, not to, not to uh, you know, be ugly or anything, but it's not the law. The law is, is 500 feet. The suggested altitude is 2,000, but um, you're not breaking the law if you stay above 500. And he was so embarrassed. He said, well, I didn't know that myself. He said, well, I hope you had a good flight and jumped in his car and drove off. Nice. <laughs> but it's good, it's good to know those rules because when you get called on something, you need to let them know that you know what the law is and that you're not breaking the law. Yeah. So, John – how how has the drone uh, affected your, you know, your 
normal, I don't care, it's a bad word, your your DSLR landscape nature travel photography. My land based photography. Well I think I think That's a good yeah. Bill Bill raised a great point, which is uh which I think is probably the way it's affected me the most. It's it's learning to see in light pattern, texture and color. Not looking to see in subject. How do you put together a graphic composition from the air? And that has really translated into my land-based photography where I'm, and even my teaching, uh, I just spent a week up in the Palouse with a couple of different groups and, and teaching people to see beyond the subject and look at light texture pattern and color and put together a graphical design in a composition. It may have a subject, it may not. But it's really looking at those elements to put together a graphical comp. And you, you know, to that point, John, I got to tell you that that is so, it's so amazing because there's a there's a farm not far from me where we buy our vegetables, and I went down there and flew over it early one morning, early early one morning, and the corn there was a corn maze. I had no idea it was a corn maze because all you see <laughs> from the road is the corn. So I flew over, hovered over it, and took a photograph. When I got home, I looked at it, and, you know, it was clearly the Olympic, uh, you know, the Olympic uh, rings. logo, you know, the rings, and the numbers 2022 and some other things. But <clears throat> you would think that the logo would be the subject, right? right. But it wasn't. It was the rings. It was the the the, the bright outline of the rings in this green field. So the subject to me were, were the were the were the lines. It wasn't the Olympic logo. Yeah, and you 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 cropped that shot in a way that made the lines the whole deal. Yeah, um, I mean you could tell what they were, but that wasn't the point. The point was that there was a really pleasing graphic within the shot. But in in, in land based photography, we see a subject and we want to tell a story of that subject and talk about how what it's doing and where we are, all of that stuff we've been through. But looking down on it, the subject it, it sometimes isn't the subject. It's the it's the graphics. It's the subject. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the best photographs that I've ever made was um, flying from Jackson, Wyoming up to Yellowstone Falls. I was going to photograph the falls in winter. It was iced over and everything was snow covered. And I was sure that was going to be a spectacular shot from the air. And um, on the way there, the burnt forest in Yellowstone, um, with all the snow on the ground, and there was these long shadows of the bare trees, and I told the pilot to circle around, and I made two or three images of that. And then we went on up to the falls. I was in a Cessna that day, and um, the falls was it, it sucked. I mean, it absolutely was not. There was nothing interesting about it. Yeah. Um, and but those trees uh, were spectacular, and that's the joy to me of flying a drone is that you just get it up. And you see things that you say, wow, now that is a photograph. And, yep. you know, and you don't, not because you're smart, but because you're smart enough to recognize it when you see it. But um, it's, there's a good surprise element to flying a drone. 
There is. I mean, even Jack and I were in the Palouse uh, in June, and we were just screwing around, flying alongside the road. And I couldn't really tell. I could see something was there, but we got up and flew our drones, and there was a wheat test garden. And they basically yep. took an acre of, of land, and they, they put out these geometric plots of wheat. I, I don't know what they were testing, but when you got right above that and shot down, it was the most amazing graphical, uh, symmetrical type of composition. It, you know, pure abstract, but it was beautiful. Yeah, And we shot it from different heights, remember, John? Yeah. And it yeah. only looked different. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, and that's the thing, too, with drones, that we have kind of this third dimension of, of altitude to play with. I mean, we do a little bit with our tripods where I could be on the ground or I could be six feet high. But, you know, with drones, we can be 15 feet or 200 feet. And it just gets such a different perspective on the landscape that we're photographing. And I want to tell you, as a pilot, changing your altitude to get a different composition is a bear compared to getting a drone up or down. Um, I mean, when you're actually flying a plane, uh, you're not staying in one spot and going up and down. You're having to make big circles and you're trying to get back to your subject. Um, it, it really, it, with a drone, you find something you like and just push the up um, deal and you're climbing on out and it, yeah. it I find it that to be some of the most relaxing part of it. And you're looking at a screen constantly seeing what you're getting. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of that, you kind of triggered a thought in me, Bill, too, is, uh, is you know, when you're, a, when you're a new drone pilot, you're, you've got so much, it's like being a new photographer, you're right. You have all these technical things going through your head and, and it's hard to be creative. And, and just like, just like we always say about slowing down, the same holds true for drone photography. It's just be calm and relax and slow down and don't freak out because the drone, you know, if you let go of your sticks, the drone's going to stay in place yeah. and just slow down and find that right composition. You don't need to move much. And it's a, it's a really relaxing, easy way to, to capture some aerial images. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, um, there are some. Uh, uh, do you use um, Google Earth at all, John? Or do you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that's become a very uh, very necessary tool uh, to in places that few places I've gone that I haven't been familiar familiar with because again, when you look at them from land, you have, you really don't have any clue. Um, what's behind these trees and what's up the river there a little bit. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty important knowing where you're going, but it's a great you know, tool. Exactly. Exactly. John, you're, what, what drone are you flying again? I do the uh, DJI Mavic air two. Bill, Bill and I are both flying a little mini two. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. Do we have the same cameras, or do we have different cameras? Oh, to be, you know what's funny? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, I think don't know, all. I don't know if they have different sensors. I I think the Air yeah. Two has a little bit bigger sensor, but I'm not sure. Oh. Yeah. Well. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, the the quality. I mean, out of my camera, I can get a I think a, a 
a 16-bit or they can do a, a 48 meg, sorry, 16 meg or 48 meg kind of super photo where they take multiple pictures and stitch it together in the drone so you get this really high-res photo coming out of it. And it's gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, and the stabilization is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you can't hand-hold a camera in an airplane and get as good a shot as you can out of a drone. A drone just, it's, you know, image stabilization is amazing, even in wind. Many yeah. people can't handhold a camera standing on the ground as good as the drone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know um, we just did a, uh, Bill just did a blog entry last week, and I read it, and I just added some stuff to it. And we put both entries together in a little Little, it's pouring a little. It's about forty-two pages now. Um, kind of, it's not everything you need to know, but it's just kind of some of the accessories that we used, and some of the things you really need to pay attention to. If you go to my blog on my website, and John, I'll send you this for the show notes, or you know where it is. Um, it's jackgrahamphoto.com. Click on blog. Click on the article about uh, about drones. It's the first article. It's there as of today, which is the What's today? The twenty third, twenty third of August, and then um, if you click on it, you can download the PDF. The link is in the first paragraph. Um, if you're new, getting into drones, knowing how to be safe, and knowing some things to, you know, John and I were in. in um, when I first flew the drone, we were in uh, Olympic, and remember, John, we were on that unlevel piece of dirt there by oh, that yeah, lake off in the forest yeah <clears throat> well i ran off and bought uh landing gear extenders and i since bought this little landing pad that bill had and uh i don't need the extenders now so you know you learn all this stuff it's like anything else and uh it's it's just a it's just a great thing but it's to me john it's kind of reinvigorated um, my my desire to go back and shoot some of these areas from land and and look at the different perspectives. So it, it it's just it's just more creative juices going, you know. Oh, for sure. And it, you know the thing that it did for me, Jack, that I said kind of at the opening is uh, video and and doing some video work that goes along with my still photography of the area and then and then putting that video and the still pictures together into a nice little youtube video is something that's been extremely rewarding creatively for me mm -hmm. plus a, yeah. whole, a whole nother learning curve of of how do you how do you uh, post process video? That's uh, that's a whole other subject. But but, a... but how do you fly the drone with cinematic movements? Very different than shooting still photography with a drone. But it's you know it's about sweeping movements and 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 uh, try to create suspense or tension or any of that kind of stuff. And you can do that through the movement of the drone in your with your video. It's kind yeah. of cool. It's a fun thing to learn. And there's a lot of videos on YouTube. I think, Bill, you pointed a number of them out. Uh, tips on uh, cinematic photography. Mm -hmm. John's really modest. John's real good at this. I, I watched him, and he's he's being modest. He, he's He's got a lot of these things that I aspire to learn how to do. He's got them down already. Just you hardly see a movie today that doesn't have 
a ton of drone shots in it. The drone has become a big tool yeah. for Hollywood and for television production. Yeah, the quality is that good. Yeah, I was watching the uh, the deadliest catch last week, and boy, there's a lot of drone stuff on there. And Bill, you were up um, in New England doing those lighthouses, but I, I, I wish I was with you on that trip just to do the drone shots there. You know, and I was worried. There's a, a relatively brisk, you know, uh, breeze coming off the ocean, and I never had any trouble with uh, wind and got tack sharp images and it, it was just fun to photograph the lighthouse from the best angle from the ground and then put the drone up and see it in a completely different perspective and allow you to see the not only the lighthouse but the position of the water and the shore and all of that and i i'm right now working on my packing for the fall trips that we're going to do and i will not ever go out again without a bag that can hold the photo gear that I need and the drone and the accessories for that. And because it's a real small drone, it's not going to take a real large bag to do that. But I'm not going to go anywhere anymore that I don't give myself the possibility of getting in the air and doing that kind of stuff. And that's Bill, you know, that's a, that's a really great point. Like when I, when I first started flying drones, I had a DJI Phantom drone and, and it took a, a separate backpack plus carrying an iPad around. And these days, with either the Mini or the Air, they fit right inside of our regular camera backpacks. They just really yeah. just take up a lens, you know, a slot for a lens and maybe a little bit more. But they're so small and the power that you can get out of this little package is just incredible. And, John, you know, Bill brought up or you brought up, I think, Somebody mentioned wind here. Yeah. And um, if you remember in the Palouse, remember that, I think it was uh, Saturday afternoon after that cold front came through, mm -hmm. how windy it was. And we were flying around that old house. And one of the things that was really cool is for, I don't know, t over 20 years, I photographed this one old house out in the middle of nowhere. And for the first time, remember, we got to see what was behind the house I know. You, never, you never saw that angle and uh you, uh you know i remember looking at it on the screen and saying wow i said look at that i, I said, never knew i never knew yeah you know uh, back last winter i was out we had a we don't get a ton of snow here but we got a real nice snow and then all the trees branches were covered with snow it's real pretty and i went out looking for something to photograph and i found a tree a bare tree, big, beautifully shaped tree, way out in a field. And I wanted to photograph it, but I was not carrying a long telephoto. And I'm sitting there, and you would have, I would have had to climb over a fence and hike across a field. It was really cold, and I was thinking, man, I would love to photograph that tree, but I'm just, I'm not equipped for it. And it dawned on me. I had my drone with me. You can fly out there and get the altitude to give you the background that you want, and make a still photograph of it. Mm -hmm. and, and I did. And it was turned out to be a beautiful photograph and something I could I would have never gotten because I wasn't about to I didn't have boots or anything. I wasn't gonna climb over somebody's fence, walk onto private property, um, and have somebody run me off the property with a shotgun. And that little drone that we're flying makes no noise if you're not within 
25 feet of it. You don't even know it's there. And just flew it out there, got a good composition, shot a few frames, and then converted it to mono and uh, was just really – it's in the book that Jack just put together. And your uh, story about that is is there under it as well. It's a great story. But, you know, that, that's why I love having a drone with me is that it even solves problems where you, you don't – not that you want to be 100 feet up and look straight down. There was a conventional photograph that I was able to make with a drone that I couldn't have made with conventional equipment without a great deal of trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to your point, Bill, you just changed the angle a little bit to get a better background. Yeah. You know, there's times last week in the Palouse where, you know, I had a tree cut in the hillside up into the sky, or I just needed about another 20 or 30 feet of altitude to to get a good background, and you can't do it sitting on the ground. Yeah, and I mean, we pass up so many good shots because we don't have a way to alter our position. Mm-hmm. Well, I we, think we do that. Uh, I, I think, you know, we've pretty much established that this is a, a great thing. And for those of you who are new to this, um, I would probably, YouTube is filled with millions of tutorials. There's websites all over. Um, you know, get into it and read and read and read and practice and practice. And, and John's point is so accurate. Slow down and don't try to learn everything in, in, in one, uh, in one city. Hey, Bill, before we, um, before we, uh, put a nail in this, uh, I just want to go back to your two books again. W- would you just briefly, Talk about what they are for those of you who do not know about these books. Yeah, the, I, I did a book with my son, Wesley, uh, called America from 500 Feet out of a uh, ultralight track, which is like a hang glider, but with an engine. And we did that uh, almost 20 years ago. And uh, that book uh, was the biggest selling aviation landscape book on America of all time. And uh, then... A number of years later, a man approached me and said, why don't you do another book and do it in a powered parachute? And I said, well, I would love to, but I don't have a powered parachute and I don't know how to fly one. And he said, well, I'm the leading manufacturer of powered parachutes in America. And if you'll do one with my powered parachute, I'll give you one. It was like a $30,000 airplane. And so I got permission uh, to do it from all of the bosses my wife and my boss that was working for an icon at the time and we did a second book of uh, mark kettenhoffen and i did one of america from 500 feet roman numeral two real clever second title and um and that book uh, i thought was actually a better book in terms of the photography but it was not it didn't sell near as well um but those two books are available uh, from Amazon. The first book is long out of print and can only be bought used. The second book, you can still buy new copies. And I have a number of new copies and would be glad that if somebody wants to contact me through my website, I can uh, sign a book and send it to them. The other um, option is I have an e-book that I did that combines the two books and has most of the photographs and most of the material from the two books uh, combined into a single ebook, 
which is real affordable. And if anybody wants that, they can get it on my website as well. And that is BillFortney.com. Yep. And I think, John, is there anything else we need to cover here? You know, we could spend, we, we could do a whole 10 podcasts on technical information and stuff that's that never ending. So we'll just leave that up to everybody to, to seek out and what have you. You can download the 40 page thing Bill and I did if you want, but spend some time and learn uh, how to be. How to, how to do this the right way and where to fly, when to fly, how to fly, what to do with your images when you're done. It's a lot to it. And, uh, yeah. And I, it's the only thing I would add, Jack, is that it's, you know, for the cost of a lens is, is really what these are. They're cheap, you know, relatively speaking. And uh, for the cost of a lens, you can unlock a whole new world of, fo- of photography. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's a great opportunity. Educate yourself on the law. Um, The FAA doesn't have much of a sense of humor about the law. And uh, you really want to make sure that you understand what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do and follow the law. And that way you'll never have to have an unpleasant conversation with a government official, and which I think we all would like to avoid that. And nor do you ruin it for the rest of us, Bill. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. You know, and one 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 last thing, John, and you and I have talked about this. Um, it, 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 I love the drone. It's everything we were we we have talked about here, but I have to tell you that my first my first love and my first passion is uh, nature and travel photography. That 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 uh, and 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 the workshops that I teach, both with John and with Bill, and. John, I remember, I think you were with me. We were on one of the beaches up in Olympic, and some guy was out there. I think he had two drones. Oh, yeah, he I had two drones. Right. Yep. And, it, you know, it broke my it broke my concentration and just annoyed me that here I am trying to listen to the water and enjoy where I am, and I hear this drone flying around. And I'm really sensitive to that. I, I've walked away from locations that I wanted to fly in good light because there were people enjoying the day picnicking and stuff and i, I didn't want to bother them i'm just real sensitive to that stuff yeah. so and i would ask everybody be as sensitive as that because yeah. uh, we yeah. all have to share share yep. our outdoors so. there's a lot of 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 places to go these days yep. it's just got a lot yep. more anyhow um william it was very nice of you to be here again and uh this is about the most serious discussion you and i have had in years i think yeah, it was a pleasure, and it's something we all are excited about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't even do any bad humor. We'll have to make up for that on our workshops coming up here in the fall. Yeah. Um, the only one that we have some room in is uh, in the Smokies. We're pretty we're pretty filled in Michigan and Ohio. Um, we're doing the Smokies the last weekend in November. If anybody wants to go, send Bill a I'll note talk. or me a note, and we'll get the information out. And John, you're going to be in the Tetons, Sons S A N S Sons Me this year. I know. You're on your own with the animals. I know Tetons in the winter. They, That'll be good. I hope they uh, come out 
for you. I, I know that I've got them trained every year to be there. Uh, I know. I It'll be a good time. You still have, uh, still have a little bit of room left in that yeah. workshop. And, uh, John's yeah. done that for years, and John is as good in the Tetons as anybody. And, and, and so if you're listening, you want to see something special, um, spend some time out there. And then um, I guess I'll be back at Whidbey for a monochrome thing in November. So um, we're all good. I think there's one spot left, believe it or not, at the Madeline Island School of the Arts that I'm going to be at uh, in about a month now, and last week is September, right before Bill and I go to Michigan. So if you want to attend that, it's up in the Apostle Islands, not too far from Duluth, the Madeline Island School of the Arts. And there are a few seats left in the uh, Pacific Northwest Art School monochrome class in November. Uh, John, I th- you want to just talk quickly about Iceland? Ah, sure. So uh, we're going back to Iceland again this January, January 2022, assuming that... Uh... You know, travel is all okay, and uh, we do a great, great workshop along the south coast of Iceland. And, you know, uh, Jack, you first started going there in winter, uh, largely because, well, A, the landscape, and B, there's much fewer people along the stretch of coast. So uh, I've got a couple of seats left in that, and uh, it's... And Aurora. And Aurora. And, you know, it's all... uh, all your travel and lodging is in meals are paid for in the workshop. You just got to get there. And uh, thankfully that time of year travels pretty cheap to get to Iceland. So it's pretty cheap now. Yeah, it is. So if anybody's interested, drop me a note. Well, good bill. I look forward to seeing you in uh, just about a month now. So fly your drone. We'll send, we'll do some show notes here on this, uh, this little thing. And um, we thank everybody for their time. We've got a couple of recordings coming up uh, in the next week or two that will get up for your enjoyment. And I can tell you, just tease them there with really, really, really exciting people. So yep. um, we'll leave it at that. John, you take care of yourself. And to everybody, right. thank you for being here. Of course, you can access us on all the podcast sites. If there's anybody you'd like to hear us, talk to or anything you want us to talk about it's we talk photo at gmail.com and uh with that john i will see you soon see you soon thank you guys have a great day bye bill bye bye